we are going to, as my wife shared earlier, we are, we are going to begin a nine-week series on being an everyday disciple, but we're breaking that up into really three mini-series. I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway, one on pursuing God, which will start today and go three weeks, and then one on engaging with other believers, which is very much a part of being a disciple, and then thirdly, on impacting the world that you live in and things. So, uh, so a nine-week series on being an everyday disciple, but you, you cannot be a disciple unless you begin to have a relationship with, with God, and that only happens through faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. Um, we are going to take a look this morning at, at a gentleman's name I just love to, he, I love to say, Jehoshaphat. Okay, he's in, he's in Second Chronicles. So if you want to turn to Second Chronicles, we're going to read one verse in, in chapter 17, and then we're going to move to chapter 20. And this, it, it might seem like an odd, might seem like an odd way to start talking about having an intimate relationship with God. But, but you can really tell in times of difficulty, in times of trouble, in times of, of, uh, of hardship, you can tell by how the person is responding on whether they have that intimate relationship with God. And Jehoshaphat very much had that. Um, being intimate with God does not, does not just have to do with, uh, with, with talking about life in general, but it has to do with going before God and, and sharing all of your life. Being willing to submit to him with your finances and, and with your emotions and physically where you go and what you do and what you say. And who you say it to. Um, Jehoshaphat was a, was a man of God. He was a king. The nation of Israel had split into two. You've got the northern region. And then you've got the southern region. And the southern region is Judah. And he is the fourth king of Judah. Now... It's unfortunate, but, but all the kings of Israel and Judah were, were not always good. Uh, but Jehoshaphat was a good guy, and, and he, had, he had an intimate relationship with God. Particularly, I want to I take a quick look at verse 6 in chapter 17. It says this, His heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the Ashire poles from Judah. You see, the people of Judah were worshiping uh, these poles and, uh, and, and things, these carvings that were on these poles and stuff. And, and Jehoshaphat removes all these other idols so that he can lead the people into and, and, and continuing a relationship with God. Now, verse 19 tells us a lot about Jehoshaphat, but I want to particularly move into 20. Okay, so if you want to know more about him, 17, 18, 19, and 20 will help you understand more about King Jehoshaphat. But particularly, I want to talk about chapters 1 through 30 in 
uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 30 in chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles. You see, Judah at this time, Israel, is, is facing an overwhelming odds because three, three surrounding countries have decided to come together and declare war on Jehoshaphat. The odds are very much stacked against him, and yet this story is not about defeat. It's about victory, okay? It's about victory, and it's about having this intimate relationship with God and seeing how God can work in your life. See, God doesn't just put stories in the Bible for history lessons, all right? But to prove, to provide us examples of how to grow more intimate with him, which will then help us in everyday life. Amen? So, the first thing, write this down in your outline if you have one. If you don't and you want to jump up real quick and go get one, they're right outside that door on a little round table. The first point is this. To develop an intimate relationship with God, you need to turn to Him first. You need to turn to Him first. You see, before you do anything else, go directly to God. If you want to be an everyday disciple, if you want to have an intimacy with God the Father, then you need to be going to him. You need to be going to him. Our, our perspective in life is so limited, but yet God's perspective is so eternal. You see, he already knows what has happened to you in the past. He knows what is happening right now in your life, and guess what? He knows what is going to happen in your life. He can see from beginning to end, past, present, future, all at once. He knows the answer before you even know the problem arises. Amen? Amen. Prayer should not be the last resort. We shouldn't try this and then this and then this and then this. Oh my goodness, nothing is working. I can't figure this one out. You know what? I probably ought to go to God. No. Go to God. And then let Him direct you to whatever this or this or this he wants you to be going towards. I want you to look at verses 1 and 3. From the New Century Version, it says later, the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Meunites came to start war with Jehoshaphat. In verse 3, it says Jehoshaphat was afraid, so he decided to ask the Lord what to do. When war was declared upon him, he was afraid, and he turns to God. Guess what? It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to deal with, with fear and, 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 and hurt sometimes and, and anxiety. Would you agree with me that life at times can be scary? Don't let fear discourage you. Don't let fear move you to quit. Never let an impossible situation intimidate you. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, as the Son of the Most High, you are not left alone to handle any situation. He is very much with you, and that is what it looks like to be an everyday disciple. Let the difficulty, let the situation, 
Let the problem, let life motivate you. Motivate you to pray more. Motivate you to trust more. Motivate you to depend upon him more. Let it motivate you to grow closer to the one who knows. Closer to the one who has all power. Closer to the one who wants to encourage you, love you, and walk with you. So when you turn to God... Okay, and we're going to see what Jehoshaphat does now in the midst of three armies coming together to come against him. First of all, tell him about your situation. Intimacy grows with communication. Anybody agree with that? Let's say your husband and your wife, let's say you never talk. How's that marriage going to go? Let's say you never communicate with your kids. How's that relationship going to go? Okay, intimacy grows with communication. So Jehoshaphat comes before God and before the people, and he says this in verse 5, the second part. Then King Jehoshaphat went and stood before them, and he prayed aloud. He's not only praying for himself at this point, he's praying for all of Judah, and he's lifting them up before the Lord. He's telling God about the situation they find themselves. He prayed what was on his heart. It was troubling him. And he, his prayer gives us an example of three things that you and I need to be praying to grow closer and have more of an intimate relationship with God. First of all, remind yourself who God is. Remind yourself who God is. Verse 6 says this, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all kingdoms of all nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Beginning to declare who God is beginning to declare how God has brought them through before. Secondly, remember what God has done. Not only is communication an important part of intimacy, but also trust is an important part of an intimate relationship. If I don't trust you, am I going to tell you real deep things from my life? Absolutely not. If you're struggling with trusting God, recall the times that God has helped you. And if he hasn't, if you can't recall any times that he's helped you, which by the way, he has been there, you just are not acknowledging it or recognizing it, but get into scripture and see the times that God has helped people over and over and over. This is what it says in the beginning of verse seven. Our God... Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? Did, me, did we not watch you drive out the people that were in this land before we took it over? Jehoshaphat remembered God's faithfulness to Moses and Joshua and he helped them. And it begins to, for Jehoshaphat to trust God more and have more of an intimate relationship. Thirdly, see, ask God for help. 
Ask God for help. When you, when you talk to him about the situation, when you're trying to be more intimate with God, remind yourself who God is, remind yourself of what God has done, and thirdly, ask God for help. Oh God, will you not judge them? God, we are your people. And God, there's, there's some people coming against your people. Will you not judge them, Father? So Jehoshaphat, ask God for help. Lay your needs before him. Just, just, just let God do what it is he wants to do in your life. Sometimes it won't be the answer you want. But trust him to answer what is the best answer for you. Lean on him. Rely on him. This is, how, this is how you begin to pursue God. You begin, you begin trusting. You begin talking with. You begin pouring out your life before him. When you turn to God, not only tell him about your situation in those three ways, but also tell God exactly how you feel. In the second part of verse 12, he says this, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. God, we're helpless here. God, I don't know what we're going to do. God, I don't know what's going to happen, but, but we're a little concerned here because we know that that army, those three armies that have become one, are a whole lot bigger and, and, and better than we are right at this moment. Not only do we tell God about the life situation, but we tell God how we feel. We start expressing our feelings. Are you overwhelmed? Are you powerless? Are you scared? Are you sad? Are you angry? Tell God because he cares about you. Please remember something in the midst of that. Feelings are fickle. Feelings come and go. Feelings are not truth. So don't base decisions upon your feelings. Base decisions upon truth, but express your feelings because it's good for you to express your feelings. Thirdly, rely on God to work in your life. Please hear this. If you're a child of God, he wants so much to be working in your life. He wants so much to be walking with you on, what's it called? An everyday disciple, right? He wants to be walking with you every day. The third part of verse C says this, we did not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. many times in your life you just haven't known what to do take your eyes off the problem take your eyes off the person take your eyes off the situation take your eyes off the overwhelmingness of it and put your eyes upon the author and perfecter of your faith 
who is walking with you. Corey Tinboom once said this If you look to the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be depressed. But if you look to Christ, you will find rest. Rely on God to work in your life. You see, learning to trust God, learning to trust God is, is a part of pursuing Him. It takes time. At times, it takes courage. But God cares for you. Because there's going to be times God asks you to do something that you're not sure about. Think about Peter in the boat, seeing Jesus from a long way off. He just steps out, right? Starts walking on the water. But then he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he puts them on the storm. And what happens? And Jesus reaches out and grabs him. They both get back into the boat. The reason why you're so tired sometimes, the reason why sometimes you're discouraged or discontent or frustrated or feel like you're so far from God is because you and I at times have been trying to fight the battle on our own without God. Because, because we think we can do it ourselves. We think we can do it on our own. We think that we can save our own marriage. We think that we can turn our kids around. We think that we can resolve our financial situations. We think that, 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 that we can find for ourselves our, our life mate. We think, we think for ourselves that, that, that we're successful, that we can make it, that we can climb the ladder, that we can stop the addictive behaviors. Listen to, listen to verse 15, the second part, and the beginning of 17. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army that you're facing. For the battle is not whose? The battle is not yours, but God's. And then it goes on in verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Guess what? It's time to resign as general, general manager of your life. It's time to give your life to God. And I'm not talking about salvation when I'm talking about that. I'm talking about even if you're a believer in Christ, there's times that we take our life back. We take this situation back. We take this problem back. We, when we start trying to figure out our own, it's time to give it back to him because the battle is not yours. It's his. 
turn to God first talk to him about the situation tell God how you feel and rely upon him to help you fourth and last thank God for what he is going to do Verse 21, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. You see, be, before the battle was ever won, they verbalized their faith by thanking God in advance for the victory. Look at the evidence of praise in verse 22. As they began to sing, take that as no coincidence, it is as they began to sing. It's as they began to praise. It's as they began to turn it over and trust him. It's as they believed, it's not my own battle, but it's yours, God. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men invading Judah, and they were defeated. They were defeated. You see, there is power in thanksgiving there is power in praise and in expecting verses 29 and 30 the fear of god came upon all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the lord had fought against the enemies of israel and the kingdom of jehoshaphat was at peace for his god had given him rest on every side gratitude thanksgiving they bring intimacy with God so no matter where you find yourself I want to encourage you this morning to begin pursuing him we're going to be talking about more of what that looks like in the next couple of weeks but, but begin pursuing him Begin, begin being real with him. When, don't answer this question, but when's the last time you had a conversation with God? When's the last time you trusted him with something in your life? When's the last time you were real with him? Listen, he's not looking for for wonderful, eloquent talk from you. He's looking for real. He's looking for honest. He's looking for a heart that begins to trust him. He's, he's, looking, for, he's looking for you to, to letting, letting him take over. He's looking for you to be thankful for what he's already done in your life and for what you're believing him to be doing tomorrow as well. You're safe to unload to him. You're safe to unload your struggles, your feelings, your doubts. He's God. Does, do, do you not think he already knows you have some doubts sometimes? Do you not already realize that, that he, he knows you have some struggles? He just wants communion with that. 
He wants to pour into that. But, but Jenny, how can you pour into my life if I never come to you? If I never speak what's happening? If I never share my heart? It's the same thing with God. He wants you to verbalize it. He wants you to pursue him. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. How's your pursuit going? How's your pursuit of God going? If I were to ask you to rate that relationship, you and God... On a scale of one to ten, I mean, don't answer, but what would it be? I can tell you right now, just like with Adam and Eve in the garden, he wants you coming to him every day. Just, just as I am. Closed out almost every Billy Graham event that I ever heard why because that's how God wants to meet you today right now just as I just as you are he says come start sharing start opening up start pursuing stand up together father we seek your face Lord, may we be pursuers of the Almighty. And Lord, not that we have to run you down, not that we have to chase you. Father, it brings me back to Luke 15 and the prodigal son. Lord, any time that we've kind of gone astray, any time we've gone our own way, any time we've started pursuing other things, Father, you're waiting you're watching and when you when you see us running your way you run after us you run towards us God I pray that we're pursuers of you because that's where all this begins. Everything for the next nine weeks and everything that, that being an everyday disciple is about begins with pursuing you. Father, I thank you for Jehoshaphat's life. I thank you, Lord, for the victory you gave him. I thank you for the pursuing of you that was shown in, in, in the 20th chapter. Lord, now may we demonstrate with our lives the pursuing the hungering, the thirsting after you as the deer pants for water. May my soul hunger, desire you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.